Uh, yeah, let's set the record straight here. This is Salem, not Auschwitz. So why is there a crematorium in this high school? Thank you. <laughs> I was I was wondering, like, can I bring Auschwitz up? Is, what is this? <laughs> Don't worry, me and my German face will do it. I got you. I'm Chris. I'm Amy. And you're at the movies with the madams. By the pricking of our thumbs, something wicked this way comes. <laughs> it's just my cat. It's my cat sticking a paw under the door. <laughs> well, you really just no Shakespeare at all, huh? Nothing. Nope. Not a bit. Nothing at okay. all. Nope. All right. So no more Macbeth references. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I do want to read the plays one day. But we've never actually done anything in school. We don't do Shakespeare in school. Yeah, I would personally recommend watching an adaptation because of the old mm -hmm. English. I find mm -hmm. it impossible to read Shakespeare's plays. I find it also impossible to understand the adaptations if they are spoken in old English. So look <laughs> for one that's not. Well, that doesn't really bother me. So guys, if you have any suggestions, please let me know. And we've made it sound like we are covering Macbeth today. We are, in fact, not. <laughs> no, we are covering Hocus Pocus. Yes, because the sequel just came out on Disney+. Plus. Yes, indeed. And we are looking forward to watching the sequel. And I decided I needed a refresher before I watched the sequel. So back on Halloween night in 1993, Salem, Massachusetts, Three kiddos accidentally resurrect the Sanderson sisters, a trio of witches who are looking to raise some hell and eat some kids. More like sucking them, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, this is one of those, in hindsight, kids movies that's actually pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah. It's very Hansel and Gretel, like the real mm -hmm. Grimm's fairy tale Hansel and Gretel. Right. And I just realized sucking kids sounded very wrong. I mean, so does everything that comes out of Sarah Jessica Parker's mouth in this movie. So <laughs> it's understandable that, that your mm -hmm. mind is, is in a weird place right now. Very, very weird place. Yeah, Amy has been in a tough place because it's Frady Amy month, isn't it? I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Oh, don't worry. Don't feel sorry for her, anybody, that she is stuck watching scary movies, the bane of her existence, because she will get her retribution when we deal with her birthday. Yes, we will. I think subconsciously the reason we switched formats is just to get to each other. Just revenge. Just pure yes. spite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so obviously this is a movie that a lot of people, a lot of women especially, have just a deep love and connection with. Every year, mm -hmm. all over social media, you can see the Sanderson sisters out there trick-or-treating, and I bow to the women who really do these amazing cosplays. Yeah, and I see it on Tumblr every year, and people are just crazy about this movie. Yeah, for this one in particular, ladies really go all out with the costumes. Yeah. The movie was just made for it, you know? Yeah, that's true. And the Sanderson sisters cover all the bases. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about those bases for sure. <laughs> However, I don't have the typical 90s kid nostalgia for this one. Mm -hmm. I only watched it a few times as a kid or if it was on in the background. I never got into it and I never knew why. Because by all accounts, this should have been like a, a formative staple Halloween movie for me. I loved all kinds of witchy shit. I still do. Yeah, your kind of formative was more serial killer-ish. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, witch trials, they're the cousin of the serial killer, you know, from a true, true. crime standpoint. True. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until watching it now for the show that I think I understood why I wasn't fond of this movie, and I will try not to bum everybody out with that reason when we come to it. Yeah, for me, I never watched this movie as a kid, 
I actually saw it for the first time maybe four or five years ago. And obviously it's a kid's movie. I didn't quite get the hype about it, but it's not a bad movie per se. I will say this. The plot is pretty damn solid compared to some of the crap we've covered in recent weeks. (laughs) Nobody's wishing for anything. Nobody's looking for any fucking treasure. I'm happy. (laughs) But before we dive into the movie, we do feel obligated to just talk a little bit about Salem itself and the infamous witch trials. Yeah, this is your baby i know nothing except for the salem witch trials happened and they weren't burned that's it all i know is through pop culture like doctor who and stuff like that yeah i can't wait to go back to salem one day in a couple of years my husband and i have already talked about uh, that vacation so i uh went to salem as a kid when i was about eight and i do remember being fascinated by the witchy shit but unfortunately i've blocked out most of that vacation because i Spent much of it in the bathroom. My poor little IBS tummy. It was not a good time. But I will redeem myself as an adult. No worries. And at Harry Potter World. Good. And we've already said that if it so happens, we will go to Salem together. With your husband, of course. If we do that, I, I worry for the people who work there. We are going to be memorable, to say the least. <laughs> So Salem Village was founded back in 1626, and I find it highly ironic that Salem is actually a Hebrew word for peace. Really? Yes. It is very ironic. Yes, on on two counts, on the whole, uh, yeah, peace, right. Let's let's hang 20 people, peace. Mm -hmm. But also because in 1628, it's the Puritans who arrive, the Christian Puritans who arrive to fuck shit up in America forever. They arrived at Salem. Yes, they got there in 1628 because they wanted religious freedom for Christians. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, the fact that it's a Hebrew word, very interesting. So all kinds of turmoil brews there for about 60 years. And in 1692, the infamous witch trials began. And how long did they last for? About three months. Now, we're going to give you the Seinfeldian yada, yada, yada version of this. (laughs) (laughs) To put it very simply, a group of girls around the ages of 9 to 13 began experiencing fits that couldn't be cured by doctors or prayer. So witchcraft had to then be the only answer. Well, to be fair, the doctors at that time relied pretty much on prayer. Uh, don't discount the power of the leech, ma'am. Exactly. You pray you don't need the leech. <laughs> and just to dispel a common myth, these fits were not caused by ergot poisoning. Nobody was having an acid trip. All of these issues, the trials, the fits, all of this comes out of clashes of gender, power, and class. As always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very likely these girls were experiencing real symptoms. Uh, They had what's known now as conversion disorders, uh, real neurological symptoms with no discernible cause. But I mean, this is 1692 Puritan society. We can guess as to some of the causes. For one, it could be bacteria for anything and also sexual abuse. They're all girls. Yeah. I mean... When it comes to the psychological symptoms, let's see. We've got an extremely patriarchal oligarchy running this place. Intense tribalism. Bunch of girls just being treated as slaves. Uh, God knows Mm -hmm. how many different people are taking advantage of them every day. I mean, these poor little girls lived horrendous lives. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it also came down to who wanted whose land and who wanted to get somebody out of their hair. You know, it's no different than today when there's a tip line for a serial killer and somebody's like, well, shit, I got some gambling debts. Let me tell them my bookie did it. Wait, don't you get prosecuted for like fake tips and stuff like that? Not if they don't catch you. And not if you say, I think it's him. (laughs) I think that guy really looks like my ex-husband. 
he could have done it. Wow. Okay. That kind of thing is very common in the annals of true crime. Okay. (laughs) Amy does not know what to do with any of the information I am giving her right now. No, I really don't. This was supposed to be the light, scary movie. (laughs) Not the scary episode. So overall, 20 people were hanged. And that's another myth. So up in Salem, they didn't drown any witches and nobody got burned at the stake. They were hanged, 14 women and five men, and one man was infamously pressed to death. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What did he do? He was accused of witchcraft. But why this? Why the different sentencing? That's a topic for another podcast. Okay. Which is my way of saying, I don't remember. <laughs> hey, if you come to me with a bunch of information, expect follow-up questions. You know me. This is true. And it really is a fascinating study in every way. The craziest thing, though, was the trials themselves, for sure, because in these clown courts, possibly run by the Scarecrow, they relied solely on (laughs) biblical scripture, uh, snippets from the Malleus Maleficarum, the witch's handbook, spectral evidence, and the testimony of a bunch of girls from about 9 to 13, who we know, they're just the most trustworthy people on the planet. Yeah. Okay, back up. The Witch's Handbook. Is that still available? I'm sure you can find it online. It was written in okay. the 1400s um, by a couple of Germans, of course. And it's a handbook on how to um, identify and interrogate witches. Oh, then I'm not interested. Yeah, it's not pleasant reading. This isn't something you read at the beach. But no, when you said the witch's handbook, I actually thought like the book from this movie. Oh, no, no, where no. Where we have all sorts of spells. Oh, no, no, no. This is uh, chapters that include things like, in order to find the witch's mark, stick her with a needle all over the place. Ow. Yes. Not the kind of acupuncture I would enjoy. No. <laughs> this actually reminds me of good omens if you guys haven't read the book it is hilarious and the show is fantastic as well there are witch hunters that still exist in the timeline which was the 1990s at at the time of the book and they still are looking for witches and the person in charge is clearly a buffoon but it is hilarious it's a fantastic book and a fantastic show on, on amazon prime Yeah, and I mean, we could look back at these trials and laugh too, because they allowed testimony from ghosts. Wait, isn't that considered witchy to be communing with ghosts? 1692 Puritans. They don't make any more sense than the Christian right today. (laughs) Okay. And, you know, like the worst part of these witch trials is that the moment any of these people were accused of witchcraft... They were damned either way. Right, yeah. It's not innocent until proven guilty. Exactly. Because they're going to hang you, no matter what. And if you somehow manage to survive the hanging, which sometimes people did, because they weren't very good at hanging people yet. You'd think that they'd have at least gotten that right. No, it took quite a while, actually. It took a lot of centuries of hanging people to get it right. A lot of trial and error. Yeah, well, I mean, if you get it just a little wrong, either the head pops off or the person slowly strangles to death for 20 minutes. You got to get it in that sweet spot. (laughs) Oh, I have some visuals right now about heads popping off. You're welcome. Oh, I hate you. I'm not going to sleep well tonight. But if they did survive, well, that meant they're a witch. And then we'll burn you. So it really didn't matter. (laughs) Let me just put it this way. I am so glad to not be born in the 1600s. Yeah. (laughs) Says every woman ever living today. Yeah. Yeah, true. (laughs) This is why we say only straight white men can fuck around with time machines. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
Speaking of time machines, the show Timeless is amazing. There are people of color in the show and they do a fantastic job of going through different time time periods and showing how difficult it is for someone who is not a straight white man. Mm. It's a great show if you guys are interested in that. I like the premise. Yeah. So the vast majority of people throughout the centuries in Europe, here in North America, wherever, who have been burned, drowned, hanged, quartered, God knows what else for being witches. We can have sympathy for them, of course. Right, Amy? Yes, of course. But not the Sanderson sisters, because they are indeed witches. Yeah. And boy, do they let us know it. (laughs) So this movie is directed by Kenny Ortega, who I have never heard of in any capacity. (laughs) (laughs) And it stars, of course, the legendary Divine Miss M, Bette Midler, Mm -hmm. Sarah Jessica Balka, and Kathy Najimy. And they're really good. They are fucking fantastic. Yeah. To their credit, and this is something I think we see a lot more with women than we see with men. Would you agree that we see a lot more men in Hollywood phone in performances for something light like this? True. Yeah. But these three women, they absolutely ham it up. They give everything they've got. Yeah, they really do. So we have Winnie, Mary, and it's helpful that Sarah is playing Sarah. (laughs) Well, considering the character she's playing, you know, bit of a airhead. So good to keep the name straight. Yes. And the three of them at times, they just had so much fun. You could tell they had a ball making Mm -hmm. this. And at times they even reminded me of um, Lucy and Ethel when they played aliens in that one episode. Okay. Lucy was looking to make a few extra bucks, of course, probably to pay for something she had gotten screwed on before. I'm trying to remember fully. (laughs) Uh, But they were playing, her and Ethel were playing aliens. And they came up with this like crazy language. And it was just like the way they were moving and everything that I just saw, Mm -hmm. saw some similarities here, especially with, with Kathy to Jimmy, which she does with her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It was good and simultaneously distracting yeah she the way she kept twisting it i don't know how she kept doing that yeah i mean i'm surprised that she she didn't have a problem afterwards like with some muscles or something constantly doing that through the movie yeah and you know i really loved her in the movie as a kid i had liked her because the first time i ever saw her was in sister act okay you haven't seen sister act have you not yet, no. It's the only time I like nuns. <laughs> and Kathy to Jimmy is just so sweet in that movie. I could not like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm afraid of nuns. I mean, I went to a convent school, so I had nuns for teachers. Oh, I'm not afraid of them. I would have run them down with my car. No, no, no. I'm afraid. I am legitimately afraid of nuns. And what I love, too, is that each of them has a distinct personality. They're not lumped in together. Yeah, they're very distinct, right from costume to attitude to everything. Yeah, Winnie is clearly the leader. She's the oldest. Mm-hmm. She does tend to rule with an iron fist. Oh, yes. Mary has, well, both Mary and Sarah, let's just say they each have their um, predilections, certain preoccupations. Yes. <laughs> Are those two supposed to be a little touched in the head? Yes, I think so. Okay. I wasn't sure which way. I get very uncomfortable at certain points in this movie. <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's a kid's movie. I guess we're just supposed to take it at face value. I hope so. Yes, we are. I'm sure of that, if nothing else. So speaking of face value, I'm glad you said that because as an adult now looking back, I didn't have any comprehension of this as a kid, but I can't help but think about the casting of two Jewish women and a Lebanese woman as witches. Who's the Jewish person and who's the Lebanese? Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker are Jewish and Kathy Najimy is of Lebanese descent. Oh, okay. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. I'm not crazy about that. 
Mm-hmm. I can see why. Yeah. But coming from someone who has no idea about this, I didn't think of that in any ways. They just look like regular white women to me. And this is something we've talked about before. There are people here in the U.S. who wouldn't consider once they know that, oh, Kathy Nujimi is of Lebanese descent, who wouldn't consider her white. Mm-hmm. And we know how certain assholes in this country feel about Jewish people. Yes. So I don't know. It just, I don't feel great about it, but obviously it didn't bother any of them if all three of them came back for the sequel. Yeah. And beyond that, Bette Midler is not one to hold back her feelings on pretty much anything. <laughs> right. Which I applaud her for. Mm-hmm. And I really love the transition from like the old hag makeup to themselves. Yeah. You know, so I watched the movie a couple of years ago and obviously I remember the Sanderson sisters as we see them through, through the movie. But when the movie started and they're like in the super old hag kind of thing, I was like, wait, what happened? Then they, you know, sucked the life out of a child and then they came back. I said, oh, okay. I clearly don't remember anything about this movie. It makes me feel a little weird a couple of weeks ago when I was, when we were visiting family and I was just like smelling my nephew's head and just sucking it in. <laughs> that lovely smell. Yeah, I agree. That's the thing you do with all kids. Well, it weirds me out now it's... watching this movie because his name is also Max. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there is something about that baby smell that it's, it's just addicting. Yeah, it's like puppy smell too. I have not experienced that. I do want to experience that now. Oh, you'll have to take my word for it. My little monster, she's three now, but she still has that puppy smell. And I love to just sniff her head. Mm -hmm. Okay. So taking the Sanderson sisters out of it and any ethnic and cultural issues there, this movie is very white. Yes, it is. I only saw three people of color in the movie and they were black women dressed as the Supremes. I don't remember three. I just remember one person, one black woman, I think. She was one of the Supremes. Okay. All yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, we're going to stereotype like that? Ay, ay, ay. Well, it is a 90s movie. Yeah, but you know what? Kenny Ortega, I feel like you could do better than that, buddy. Than you should have. <laughs> yeah, so that's the one criticism we're not going to pick apart this plot, everybody. It's a cute no, little kid's no. movie. And, and as we said, though, it makes sense. It's a linear plot. You can follow it. No problem. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, and it has logic within the movie. It does. And it looks fantastic. It does, yes. CGI obviously hasn't aged well, considering it's from the 90s. But it looks good. It looks like a stage play. And the makeup on the zombie is fantastic. Yeah. I love Billy. We'll get to Billy. Yeah. (laughs) And costumes have a lot to do with how it looks. They really paid Mm -hmm. a lot of attention to detail there. But it's also all the production design and atmosphere of Salem. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize how much I actually missed seasons until we moved back to Maryland Mm -hmm. last year. and. While I think the sisters are the the best part of the movie, I think my favorite part is just Massachusetts in the fall. Okay. I could practically smell those leaves and apple cider and like cinnamon donuts watching it. Mm Mm-hmm. And the pumpkins. Yes. And just the crunch of the leaves. And on top of that, that that autumn in New England feel, I loved like the 90s-ness of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is a very 90s movie. It is, but do you know what I mean when I say it doesn't feel dated? It's very 90s, but it felt like a warm blanket rather than mm-hmm. it feeling like, oh, this is so old and outdated and I can't even be bothered with this. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Like when Allison hands Max her phone number on a piece of paper, I was like, oh, the days. Oh, the days. (laughs) Do you have a mixtape for him too, honey? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, and this is a big reason why I can overlook some of the little plot holes or some of the continuity issues. Like, oh, it's magically dark outside. Shouldn't be, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fine. Those are minor quibbles compared to like what was supposed to be a serious movie like Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, we can laugh about it. For instance, I mean, these witches are so powerful they can resurrect themselves, but they're taken down pretty easily by sticks and bags of candy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the fact that they get fooled a couple of times by a teenager. (laughs) Yeah. And they they are playing around with like classic witch lore a little bit. There's in movies like this, mm-hmm. vampire movies mm-hmm. too. There's always questions of okay, what are we going to take from where? What kind of powers yeah. do they have? And I swear, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Winifred has on the same socks and boots as the Wicked Witch of the East when she gets crushed by the house in the Wizard of Oz. Okay, I actually find it interesting that even though they're from Salem like 300 years ago. They have pretty happening boots and <laughs> leggings. You would notice the boots. <laughs> of course I would. Yeah. So back in 1693, they were accused of witchcraft because witches. The witches. Obviously. <laughs> they don't do a good job mm-hmm. of keeping a low profile, do they? No, they don't. And of course, we have our villagers with pitchforks. But Winnie's mm-hmm. not terribly worried about this. No. She knows. We'll be back, bitches. Yeah, they're just taking a nap. Yeah, so it's a cute little concept. Max accidentally resurrects them with that candle, and they only have one night, smart putting a time limit on it, so that everything, mm-hmm. all of the action happens in the single night to to make their lives permanent. Yeah, and I love the fact that the virgin is a boy. Yes. All right, so let's talk about these kids a little bit. All right, so we've got Max, Danny, and Allison. Mm-hmm. Max and Danny are brother and sister, and they make fast friends with Allison. They're played respectively by Omri Katz, Thora Birch, and Vanessa Shaw. Right. I love these kids. Yeah, they're pretty likable. They're not annoying. No. No, we don't have any Eddie Furlongs in this movie. (laughs) I think they're very good together. Great chemistry, Mm -hmm. all three of them. And for their ages, especially little Thora Birch, damn good actors. Yeah. I think Danny was great. I felt a pang of guilt every time she was cuddling that cat. Why? Because mine drives me nuts. <laughs> I actually like the cat too. The kid playing the cat. You are talking about Thackeray Banks. Yes, I am. Yeah, I think he did a good job too as a human and a cat. So it was a long time, like after the last time I watched this as a kid, It was a long time Mm -hmm. before I watched it again, 20-something years. And when I did watch it again, and Thackeray makes his first appearance um, in that shirt that I saw on Target last week, (laughs) I was like, oh my God, it's McGee. Who? I expect you to say that because you're not 85 years old Mm -hmm. like I am. So Thackeray (laughs) is played by uh, Sean Murray, who played uh, Tim McGee on NCIS for like a thousand years. He might still be doing it. I have no idea if that show is still on or not. I think it's still on. I don't know. I've seen far too many episodes of it. I'm talking about the original one, not <laughs> any of the spinoffs. Okay. But that's not his voice. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was actually dubbed. The Binks voice is somebody else because Sean Murray, they felt, sounded too contemporary. And I can tell you, his real voice, it wouldn't have sounded right. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. With his, I found his name interesting. I'm like, could they not decide between Thomas and Zachary or, or Theodore and Zachary? So they just combined them both. Maybe. And they probably just wanted it to sound old timey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good name. It's a good old timey name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, this poor guy, he got turned into a cat by the sisters, by Winnie, really, and can't move on to be with his family. Yeah. Till he completes his mission. Yeah, oh man, when he got run over by that car, I got very upset. You know, the animatronics for that was great. Yeah, I know. I looked down and I saw the lump sleeping against my thigh and I was like, ah. (laughs) Yeah, it was fantastic. I loved the way they did it. If she wasn't sleeping, I'd have picked her up and put her face right in front of the TV and said, this is why you're not allowed outside. Do you understand? Stop trying to escape the house. Then she probably would have just climbed on top of you and tried to get into your mouth. 
as usual. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Binks tries to stop the kids from accidentally bringing back the Sanders sisters, but it kind of reminds me actually of uh, when they're screwing around with this bell book. It reminds me of uh, Peter and Dr. Strange's little mishap in No Way Home. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that you call it a mishap. Yes. A little mishap. Breaking the universe of this app. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, you can't deny a horny teenager is of one mind and nothing can stop him. But what I really like is that they don't go overboard with Max in any way with that. It's more they the screenwriters wisely use Danny. Mm -hmm. to tease max about all of that it's very well written in that regard yeah yeah he doesn't go overboard he doesn't come across as a horny teenager or he is sulky but he comes around very quickly he does at the beginning i you know at first i was like god damn it kid do you see your bedroom what are you whining about exactly look at your house i know i know he's got steps that lead up to a functioning attic Yeah, and it's your first fucking day. Give it a break. Yeah, but, you know, then I thought back to 1993 and I was like, ah, this kid's in the middle of high school and just moved to the other side of the country. There's no internet. He's lost all his friends. This is probably pretty shitty. Mm -hmm. And they moved from California. This is his first time probably experiencing seasons too. So I, I cut Max some slack. Okay. Danny's my favorite character. The fact that Danny is not annoying is a feat in itself. Yes. I think she's fantastic. They she are is. they are so well written. The screenwriters here definitely had siblings. <laughs> no question. Mm-hmm. And I think Katz and Birch here, they have great sibling chemistry in general. I mm-hmm. they're totally believable. Yeah, yeah they are. When they're arguing about taking her out trick or treat and she screams for her mother, man, I cracked up. <laughs> yeah, this got me some flashbacks. Yeah. And I mean, this is a totally natural sibling relationship. This is exactly the kind of thing with this kind of age gap, you know, too, that they'd be fighting over. Yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah, Danny comes across as bratty at first, but not annoying because she is damn clever. But she also just wants attention from her big brother and they she clearly loves him a lot yeah yeah that's understandable because like my brother and i have a 12 year age gap and i remember just wanting his attention for everything so yeah i get it yeah so i realized that's why i could never get into this movie Mm -hmm. as a kid because it made me sad i didn't understand why at the time but it made me sad and it probably also made me recognize some fears that were inside Mm -hmm. me too in my own household so the age gap between my brother and i was the same as it is for max and danny Mm -hmm. i didn't get a max i got a a sociopath who would have preferred i'd never been born yeah i get where you're coming from because for me as well i mean my brother's not a sociopath but he couldn't give two shits about me and when i was watching this i completely understood to where uh, the relationship between Max and Danny while they were screaming at each other, but later on when they make up while they're trick-or-treating. And that was something that's alien to me. And that kind of made me feel sad too. Yeah, I figured you'd understand that. Yeah, I, I get it. I couldn't process those emotions as a kid, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like Allison too. I think she's well represented for a teenage girl here. And she may not look it, but she really was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And also, again, with a character like her, they could have easily gone with just screaming her head off for every five seconds. You're right. Or they could have sexualized her. Yes, but they didn't. Not at all. Danny sexualized her. Yeah, we need to talk to Max and Danny's <laughs> parents because I feel like an eight-year-old in 1993 shouldn't know what a virgin is. Yeah, true. And also, keeping in mind what their mom was wearing for the Halloween costume. Yeah, Danny's been watching too much MTV. Yep. So when we first meet Allison, she's in a bright red coat. Did you get any like Red Riding Hood vibes from that? No. I thought of it. I thought maybe that was okay. their way of, of symbolizing like they were going to be in danger. Oh, okay. All right. Well, clearly. Yeah, I just really like her. She is a good kid. 
she's kind, mm -hmm. but not in mm -hmm. a Mary Sue way. You know, she's just a normal kid. Yeah, she is. And I also love the respect that she has for all things spooky and all things Salem. I'm totally with her on that. You will never, ever see me fuck around with a Ouija board. <laughs> yeah, she has a very healthy respect for all this spooky stuff. And also, she does not consider Danny to be a pain in the ass, to be like a third wheel. They're equals. Yeah, they're equals. And she's as invested in Danny's safety as Max is. Yes. Yeah, and that little Danny, man, she knows how to negotiate for what she wants and use all resources available, doesn't she? Yes, she does. And Danny is tough as nails. Yeah, she is. She is the one standing up to Winnie at the end, even when she's about to be killed. Yeah, she is. And honestly, if it weren't for her, I don't think they all would have been saved. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's not like a, I'm a sassy little girl, precocious, standing up to you, meh. She's a genuinely good actress and totally pulls off the bravery. Totally, yes. And it, she has an entire range of emotions in this movie, through the movie. There's grief over the cat and anger and fear and everything. And she portrays it very well. Yeah, I found myself thinking about what Danny would be like now as an adult because we'd be like the same age and I kind of want to be her best friend because I know she's listening to all the same true crime podcasts that I do. <laughs> she's bloodthirsty and I love it. I think she must have had like a serious goth phase as a teenager. Oh, absolutely. She was part of a coven. Totally. Mm -hmm. And almost being killed by actual witches would be her street cred. Yeah, she may own a crystal shop right now. That is entirely <laughs> possible. Okay, so let's get back to the sisters for a minute and some of their um, predilections. <laughs> I love the way you say that. <laughs> yeah, well, it makes me uncomfortable. Okay, first of all, Sarah Jessica, could we please stop eating the spiders? I will give you anything if you just stop eating the spiders. I swear to God, if she's eating spiders in that sequel, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> Just pretend they're chocolate. No. Don't ruin chocolate for me. It's all I've got. Do not ruin chocolate. Let me finish what I'm saying. Just pretend they're chocolate spiders. I knew exactly what you were going to say, which is why I was telling you to stop saying it. Because you're trying to ruin chocolate. Oh, yeah. You think of them as those chocolate frogs. From Harry Potter. Ugh, I don't want to eat Harry Potter candy. That stuff weirds me out. <laughs> it's supposed to. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Spider eating aside, we've got some, uh, some sexual stuff going on here with Sarah. Yeah, she's a bit of a bimbo. Um, And she has a tendency to be very touchy with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. My problem is, quote, regarding Max, a child. Hang him mm -hmm. on a hook and let me play with him. Yeah, I I wouldn't read too much into that because she does behave like that with everyone. I mean, she was sitting on the bus driver's lap. <sighs> and yeah. she took a stick and poked ice. Yeah, yeah. But the, the play with him part is concerning when it's a child. I mean, okay, full disclosure. Is that a thought I've had? Yes. Yes, it is. What about fully grown men? Not a child. <laughs> Yeah, but that's your perspective. Again, this is a kid's movie. It still rubs me the wrong way. And yeah, let's... About that bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> Creep of the century here. Mm-hmm. How much do you want to bet he had a raging hard-on while <sighs> Sarah Jessica Parker was sitting on his lap? In real life? No, no, in the movie. Uh, okay, well, here's the problem I have with this scene. Is that half of me hates it, this part because he's an absolute creep but the other half of me likes the fact that he calls all of them gorgeous mm -hmm. we talked about this a little bit in uh our spider-man no way home episode about how we loved seeing marissa tomei who was in her 50s being portrayed as sexy and desirable and attractive and it was wonderful right and here we have Bette Midler and Kathy Jimmy, both of whom were no spring chickens when they made this movie. And 
They're haggish looking and they are not Barbie dolls. Yeah. So it made me happy to see them also being referred to as being just as attractive as Sarah. Mm-hmm. But he's a creep. There's really no way around that part. He's disgusting. He's a creep, sure. But I like to think of it as that's his way of flirting. I mean, he'd definitely jump into bed with any one of them. Or yes, all he three would. of them. Yes, he would. But I don't think he would try to force himself. Like, clearly we see that no. once they're done with him, uh, you know, they brush him off and he moves on. Yeah, I agree with you. He's a dirty grandpa. Yeah, sure. Which is so gross. Ugh. I don't know. It's it, it didn't rub me the wrong way. Well, something was rubbing. Well, yeah, certainly something was rubbing. <laughs> Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker in this, I love the performance, but Mm -hmm. Sarah acts more like a bride of Dracula sometimes than a witch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, to a certain extent. I wonder if she was supposed to bring teenage boys to the theater along with Allison. If that was the case, then I think they severely underutilized her. I do feel like they did underutilize her as a character. Yeah, and I think that's because... Bette Midler was the name mm-hmm. at the time. Right. You know? Yeah. Because, dude, the parents who were going to be taking their kids to see this movie, they're going, especially the moms, they're going to see Bette Midler. Yeah. Makes sense. Because they also know, you put Bette Midler in this kind of movie, she's going to be singing something. And that was a fantastic performance. Oh, of course. You give that woman a microphone, she will never give you less than 110%. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yes. How grossed out were you by the eye in the book? Pretty grossed out. Uh-huh. It, it's, it's well done and I don't like it. It's very well done, but I do have one complaint. Which is? There should have been more of the, the wet sound when the eye was opening and moving around. That squishy. I guess they didn't want kids to throw up. Maybe, but I think they did a really good job with the eye. They did. I don't know how, but the book had personality. It did. It did. It reminded me of something like from the Adams family. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that the spell book, sorry, Billy, the spell book is Winnie's one true love. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. The three of them, when they go hunting for the book in unison, <laughs> doing their little huff while they're walking. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> step it's by iconic. Step, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's fantastic <laughs> they have that i think twice in the movie where they go in sync yes and then they get scared by the fire truck <laughs> and the road yes all i could think was wow this is way more of a jolt than it was for steve rogers <laughs> that's true much longer time period at least he had seen a car mm-hmm. yes of course And they haven't seen trick-or-treaters either. So Mary and Sarah are terrified of these kids. Yeah. And they're so confused. Like Mary is thinking her her mojo is gone. Yeah. Question about her mojo here. Uh, Uh Uh-huh. So it seems that Mary's talent is sniffing out kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help but wonder, given my own childhood, is it because she's the fat one? Maybe. Why do do fat people have stronger sense of smell? I'm wondering if that's the implication that that's her power because she's the fat one, so she can sniff out the kids better. I'm also wondering if that's why she gets stuck riding the vacuum cleaner. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I'm like because she's she's the fat one. She needs the the heavier vacuum. Is that what we're doing here? I mean, come on. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I mean, I didn't think of that, honestly, but it's not like she needed a heavy-duty broom before they got stolen. Well, we are in the 90s, so maybe she could have had a six-pound, or was it eight-pound Auric XL? I can't remember from the commercial. Hello, I'm David Auric. <laughs> okay. I love the fact that the vacuum cleaner actually makes a sound while she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> they had Wi-Fi vacuums in 1993. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what my favorite 
moment, my favorite line in this movie is what? When Winnie refers to the high school as a prison for children. <laughs> it's it's accurate. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. It was, I mean, it was accurate enough in 1993, but in 2022, uh, yeah, yeah. So... In conjunction with that line, they also had this huge kiln. Yeah, can we talk about this? Yeah, I was very confused. Uh, yeah, let's set the record straight here. This is Salem, not Auschwitz. So why is there a crematorium in this high school? Thank you. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering, like, can I bring Auschwitz up? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Don't worry, me and my German face will do it. I got you. I was so worried about saying that. It's like <laughs> I just told you, please tell me if this is okay. <laughs> and that's a serious furnace for like sculpting class or whatever they call that. Yeah, I worry about what kind of detentions they're given out. <laughs> Three times in detention and you get fired. Or you have to like shovel the coal in. For the other kids. Maybe that's your warning. Or clean the ashes out. Jesus. Halfway through, when the sisters are running around town, making their way through all these trick-or-treaters, I said to myself, oh my God, how did I forget that Gary Marshall plays the devil? (laughs) How did I forget that Gary and Penny are in this movie and they are hilarious? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. Master! Yeah. <laughs> but man, I didn't need to see I didn't need to see Gary walking around in that butt flap suit. No thanks. Yeah, I don't think anyone needed to see that. No. And again, Sarah was quite handsy with him. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. And I'm sure Penny told him every five minutes just how gross he looked. <laughs> and I miss I miss both of them. Okay, so I do want to mention what I felt was the worst part of this movie. The two goons. The bullies. Yeah, yeah, they're the worst. Mm-hmm. They are. They're very annoying. And and also, th- this is one thing I do have to put in there. This isn't a thing. Find me the place in America where teenage boys hassle little girls for their candy at Halloween. Where is this happening? I don't know. Yeah. It Because it does it. Okay. The one thing about them I did enjoy, though, was seeing them hung from cages. I think that should be the fate of every man who calls a woman ugly. <laughs> Especially when he does not know her. I was honestly surprised that Max didn't help them out. I loved that he didn't help them out. He just took those shoes and ran. Yeah. Good for you, kiddo. I don't know. I just thought that he would have been the bigger person. I think it's actually better a better message that he wasn't, for women in general, a better message that he wasn't the bigger person. Because what did we see those assholes doing? We saw them hassling a little girl, his little sister, mm-hmm. and calling women ugly. Mm-hmm. So fuck them. Especially, too, that makes Max a better big brother, you know, in my view. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're going to die. He can always come back for them. But let them sit there in their True. consequences in fucking bird cages for a little right. while longer. okay so we've already said that this movie is very white it's also very rich it doesn't look very different to me than from any of the other kitty halloween movies oh well i can tell you right now i have never been to an open house revolutionary war halloween party (laughs) neither have i that party costs more than the vacation i'm going on in a few weeks in 1993. Yeah. I thought to myself, looking around at all those rich assholes, those ridiculous costumes, like, I am going to throw up. Okay. But in their defense, at least they were given out full-size candy bars. They weren't skimping. And clearly by the bitterness in my voice, I did not grow up in a neighborhood where anybody ever gave out full-size candy bars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could hear that. I didn't like Smarties. <laughs> Or Whoppers. I know what Smarties are because they're M&M's, but... Uh, hold on. What? Smarties? They're not uh, M&M's, M&M's right? No. M&M's are M&M's. Smarties are Smarties. Oh, no. We have M&M's over here as Smarties. 
oh no, 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 M&M's here are M&M's, chocolate candies, chocolate shell-coated candies, M&M's. Right. Smarties are these wrapped sugary tart sour things. Okay, so then I don't know what you're talking about at all. Yeah, I grew up in a Smarties and Whoppers neighborhood. Fuck that stuff. So intelligent people and burgers? Wow, not even anywhere close. (laughs) I don't know what these things are. I am looking forward to trying Twizzlers whenever I come to the U.S. Here we go again. People, she has a list of all the food she wants to try, but just a bite, just a bite of everything. Like, this is America. You can't have just a bite of anything. Why? I can stop myself. Aye, aye, aye. I also want to try Twinkies. And guys, please give me suggestions of what I should try. The quintessential American candy. Please. I'm going to have to roll her back home. <laughs> I Just one bite. Come on, one a day. How many days do you plan on staying exactly? Because your list has grown quite long. Well, considering how much I'll be spending, about a month? I don't have to stay with you, don't worry. <laughs> I know you'll throw me out in a day. You assume I throw you out, you might run screaming from the, from the zoo. Well, that's true as well. So let's talk a little bit about the Sanderson House, which was turned into a museum. Mm-hmm. I really like the fact that they turned it into a museum. Yeah. And, you know, that's Salem for you. There is a really, say what you want about New England. I could go out all day. But there is a great uh, respect and appreciation up there for history. Okay, that's good. Yeah. And that's where we find out, Max is a virgin. (laughs) As he should be. Look at him. He's a baby. Yeah. And I like the way it's framed. Because it comes from Danny, it's more of a sisterly jab. It's not a thing like, oh, he's a boy and boys need to be sticking it everywhere. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, he does feel embarrassed about it, but they don't harp on it too much. It's just Danny being Danny. Yeah. And Allison knows that too. And what I like is they keep things between Max and Allison just super light and super cute as Mm -hmm. it should be. Yes, and it's literally their first date. Yeah, they're not going they're not going Andrew Garfield Emmastone with this. Thank God. <laughs> no, that would have been weird. Yeah, because you know what too? And this came up in one of our back to school episodes. I never need to watch teenagers make out. Ever. That's why Stranger mm-hmm. Things lost me. No, thank you. Please, for the love of God, stop. <laughs> okay, now I do have another question slash issue and this is going to come up in another movie we're covering this month who's watching these kids nobody it it appears that every adult in town is at one of two halloween parties they're either at i think the the school auditorium no they went at the school auditorium because the school was shut they were at some place restaurant i don't know some some venue or they were with ben franklin and george washington over at that party right and that's why the kids were able to run amok. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's totally fine. That's, that's how the kids get out and they're lured. But what are we doing here, parents? Literally, for an entire night, all of these children in this entire town are unsupervised. Well, to be fair, they did have a spell on them. Yeah, but they were still out to begin with. All these kids yeah. were home alone, trick-or-treating by themselves. There was no adult supervision whatsoever. You just said it's a very rich neighborhood. The worst thing that could have happened were the bullies. They were in bird jail. Well, they've obviously never heard of Michael Myers, have they? If he could go to Haddonfield, he could go to Salem. So watch your goddamn kids. (laughs) Why are you getting so pissed off about this? It is ridiculous. (laughs) You know how you can tell how, you know how you can tell that these kids are rich? How? Every last one of them is wearing a bathrobe. Poor kids, middle class, lower middle class, working class kids, they do not have bathrobes. Okay. Every last one of them is walking around in either like a bathrobe or a smoking jacket with slippers. No. Okay, I feel like you need some candy because the (laughs) the saltiness is just too much to get I did. I did actually uh, miss my medicinal dose of dark chocolate this morning. (laughs) 
Oh, you know, you mentioned the mom before. Okay, so the mom dressed up as Madonna. Right. Why was she wearing a headset? Because she was dressed up as Madonna. Yeah. Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. I mean, I noticed the headset, of course, but I was, yeah, I was too distracted with the Tatas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who wouldn't be? That's why Madonna did it, did it in the first place. Yeah, I was expecting laser pointers to pop out of there any second. She was probably saving that for later with the dad. Thank you for that visual. You're welcome. You're welcome because you put the bus driver's dick in my mind. So there. <laughs> we are really a very vengeful pair, aren't we? It's who we are. Mm-hmm. And speaking speaking of vengeance, let's let's talk about good old Billy, shall we? Sure. So we find Billy Butcherson on hallowed ground, and that's a trope I've always enjoyed. The cemetery is hallowed ground, mm-hmm. right? So basically, the sisters need a goon to get their spellbook back. Yeah, and Billy is the fingerless goon. Yeah, he's he's pretty handy. Ha ha ha, and. <laughs> He is uh, the former boy toy of both Winnie and Sarah. And I friggin' love this guy. Yeah, he's amazing. He has like two lines. Yeah, but he steals every moment he's on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yes, very expressive. He is. So he's played by a guy named Doug Jones, who also uh, came back for the sequel. And I love the way he moves. You can just tell like, man, I bet this dude is a great dancer. I'm glad you brought that up because when I was watching him, I couldn't help but think of Thriller with Michael Jackson. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. He could have walked in straight off that set and joined this set or vice versa. Yeah. And even though the makeup was silly looking, I liked it. Yeah, I think it was great. Yeah. And he is known also as uh, Billy the Butcher, which uh, did distract me somewhat because then I was thinking about Billy Butcher and that's always a pleasant trait of thought. <laughs> but this guy has a history of doing this kind of work, a lot of prosthetics and stuff. I mean, it makes sense. It's a good specialty to have. Yeah. Especially when he's clearly very good at it. Mm-hmm. Maybe back in the day, he was the Andy Circus of prosthetics. Maybe. So we both agree, right, that this is not actually a scary movie. No, it's not. But. I thought there was a legitimate jump scare when Sarah Jessica Parker jumps out of that bed instead of Danny. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. I jumped. <laughs> yeah, and that's at the point where they've kidnapped Danny um, along with the rest of the kids in town so they can uh, eat the children and, and suck the life out of them to, to suck up their youth. Yeah, I did not know that Sarah Jessica Parker could sing. She was the one who sang to bring the kids to to them right i mean because bet midler is such an overpowering force you know yeah kathy yeah. and jimmy can kathy and jimmy can also sing not like bet midler she sang in uh sister act true and also in the movie as well mm-hmm. yeah I, I wasn't crazy about uh kathy and jimmy's voice though she's got this like i wouldn't call it a good voice i mean it's consistent but she's got this super high i guess soprano mm-hmm. voice right yeah mm-hmm. there are some amazing voices in sister act though but I'll never understand why they, they cast Whoopi Goldberg, who most definitely cannot sing. <laughs> I, let's cover that movie once. I do want to watch it. Oh, I can only imagine what the theme for that month would be. I feel like Spotlight's going to be in there. Sure. Okay. <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> no, that movie is far, <laughs> far too serious. No, mm-hmm. no, yeah. we can't. Even though I've seen it like 10 times. Of course you have. I would also like to point out that in Hocus Pocus, this is the first and only time in my lifetime I've seen daylight savings actually be useful for something. (laughs) Well, actually, it wasn't. It was a hoax. Still, it served a purpose, even if it was diversionary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And everything Billy does here at the end, too, he's so expressive with his body language. And I love it when he cuts his mouth open just to insult Winnie one last time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. And how he keeps losing his head is amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, and these are the parts, too, with the melodrama where Bette Midler is just chewing the scenery, and she's amazing. Her whole goodbye, cruel world soliloquy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's amazing. The way these sisters came together, and it's hammy, but it's not overpowering. Mm -hmm. And I do just love it, even though it makes me very sad, when Max drinks that potion to save his sister mm-hmm. that's a yeah. that's a damn fine big brother somebody that get is. this kid a car <laughs> i'm sure mom and dad would have got onto it after they finally believed him or you know what i'm making assumptions maybe he'd be more he'd want to go a ferris bueller route although he wanted the car not the computer i don't know we'd have to ask okay I haven't seen ferris bueller thinking much no well that was the whole thing he wanted a car, but he got a computer. Okay. I'd be happy with that. The computer came in pretty handy. Okay. So unlike crap like Wonder Woman 84, we came into this movie knowing that we'd have to just completely suspend disbelief totally. And I was fine with that through this movie. So yeah. I'm also fine with it when none of the potion falls out of the bottle when it's flipping over and over again. And also the fact that Max didn't actually have to drink it. He could have just smashed the bottle. Yeah. Or that Winnie has that electrical power and doesn't use it against them the entire time. Yeah. She didn't use it even with the kid the first time till the entire cauldron was tipped over. Yeah. And, you know, to the movie's credit, I didn't even realize any of that stuff till I watched it a few days ago. Kids don't care <laughs> about any of that stuff. It's fine. No, of course and, not. And the movie, yeah. the movie is good enough and fun enough for the parents watching it with their kids to go, oh, this is cute. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not something that they'd want to watch on purpose, alone. Yeah. But it's good enough with the kids. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine watching this again for, for myself, personally. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, like you said before, some of the effects CGI aren't great. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But what was cool was the sisters exploding when the sun comes out. Yeah, that was cool. Which confetti? <laughs> After all that happens, during the credits, we get to see what the after effects of all of it are. With the parents finally done with the party, the two bullies just hanging there in their cages. Yeah, let them hang. (laughs) So last thing I'll say here, and this is what I really enjoy about this movie, is that it shows how much more open children are to possibilities, to the extraordinary, Mm -hmm. you know, and even to the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Even though it's silly, it's it's true. You know, these kids, they're not yet jaded by life, not beaten down by inflation and COVID and God knows. Recession. Everything else. Yeah. And that's why they can accept a talking cat pretty easily. Sure. I would not be opposed to a talking cat. Oh, I would. Mine says enough without being able to talk. I don't need to hear her mouth. <laughs> I'd actually prefer a talking dog. I'd only want my boy to talk because I know my girl would Mm -hmm. just have nothing but sass coming out of that mouth (laughs) 24-7. She gives me enough sass as it is. It would be entertaining. Half of her speech would just be, no. (laughs) All right. So out of six Infinity Stones, Aim, how many do you give to Hocus Pocus? I would give it a solid five. For a movie that's meant to be lighthearted kids movie from the 90s, it ticks all the boxes and the characters are interesting, not annoying, especially the kids. And it's fun. It's not boring. Most importantly, it's not scary. Yeah, this is the one I'm giving her. We agreed to go back and forth on genuinely scary movies and other lighthearted, quote unquote, scary movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to next week. Yeah, so I'm going to go with you on that. I originally was going to give it four out of six, but after actually recording the episode, I'm like, you know what? It really is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. Yeah, despite the fact that it makes me sad. That's my own my own baggage. So I will also give it five out of six. Okay. And we want to put it out there. Any of you listening out there who plan to either be the Sanderson sisters or maybe go to a party with the Sanderson sisters for Halloween this year, 
Take some pictures. Send them on over to us on Twitter and Instagram at the Madam's Pod. We want to see your cosplay. Yes, we absolutely do. Ooh, what if if we go to, to Salem together, we could dress up as the Sanderson sisters? Well, I'm blonde, so I'm Sarah. I'm Mary, through and through. <laughs> I can even do the mouth thing. Oh man, I just realized I really am Sarah, aren't I? <laughs> The, the one thing that's common between the two of us, we both cannot sing. That is accurate. Wait, so your husband's going to be Winifred? No, he's got to be Billy. <laughs> we need to find a Winifred. I think there will be plenty in Salem in, in October. Don't worry about that. Okay. All right, so now to our housekeeping updates. Thank you so much to everyone who has donated to uh, my GoFundMe campaign to help get me to the National Women's Studies Association annual conference. Jesus, that is a mouthful. It really is. I'm tired of listening <laughs> to you say it. Yes. And how do you not fuck it up each time? I do not know. I know. I know. Yes, the NWSA annual conference where I am giving a presentation on women's representation in comic book films in November. I'm very excited. The link for that campaign is in the show notes. I'd appreciate any donations you can contribute. And please, please share the campaign on your social media platforms. Yes, we will really appreciate it. So you guys are hearing this episode on Monday, October 3rd. On Wednesday the 5th, our 5 and $10 patrons will be hearing our new episode of The Gump Files. And don't forget, these episodes are like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. And neither do we, because we're recording this on August 19th and haven't decided yet. <laughs> All I know is it better not be scary. I make no guarantees. Damn it. And on October 18th, our $10 patrons will be sitting down for another installment of Tea with the Madams. Yes. And this time, hopefully we can have some candy with it. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you. I do not want to talk about Ezra Miller again. I do not want to talk about Amber Heard again. So both of you, just cut the shit. Cut the shit. I'm done. Good luck with that. Ugh. All right. So next week, Freddy Amy Month continues with something genuinely scary that Amy has never seen before. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us at the movies today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. Let us know what you guys think about Hocus Pocus on Twitter and Instagram at The Madam's Pod and follow us there to get a hint for our next episode. And please ask for my well-being because I will not be sleeping. That <laughs> may be true. And visit our website, themadamspod.com, where Infinity Stones will always be a girl's best friend. Slaves. Why are you hiding Awful. away from the mic? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a live show. Like uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs>